0: It's good to see each other this evening on this rainy evening, but I'm glad you're here uh, tonight. As far as um, announcements, of course, then service, we will have a, a business meeting real quickly. But tomorrow night is the ladies' meeting. That's going to be at 7 o'clock in the West Annex. And uh, if you haven't already signed up and you're planning to attend, please sign that sheet so they can plan on how many to be here for the refreshments and so forth. Then also, uh, there's the sign up sheet out there for the, the mowing. And uh, also, remember about the um, uh, the church directory form to fill one of those out if you have not already and get that just drop it in the offering plate or give it to heather and uh, that way we can get you entered into the uh, directory and then of course next sunday night we'll have brother matt miller is going to be with us a missionary to serbia and uh, so we're looking forward to that and then also just again let me remind uh especially the the uh, of course, some of our teens are over there, but uh, just the kids and stuff. Just we're going to ask you to please not go into the nursery and be getting the babies or anything of that nature. It, the babies are going to be picked up by, or by the uh, parents, and so we're going to ask have you stay out of the nursery. Don't even go in there, uh, for several reasons. One of them is safety reasons, and we just ask that you to help us with that. Then also, there's a, a music special list out on the table out there, so pick one of those up if you're part of the or you've been singing or or plan on seeing you might look at that and see. There's one actually uh, posted on the bulletin board there too. Then also you'll you'll see on the uh, bulletin board there is a a working sheet. We're gonna, this Saturday, we're gonna have a working at at nine o'clock Saturday morning. We've got several things that needs to be done. It's it's gonna be everything from cleaning, uh, to tearing things out and some things there's some things that we've got to get done that we was going to do last year but because of all the shutdown and everything uh, we didn't we didn't get to do it we've got uh, some bigger projects that's going to be taking place uh, some concrete work and stuff like that uh, repairing this concrete and stuff out here keeps somebody from tripping over it and getting hurt but also but there's a lot of things we've got to do it be any, even pulling weeds out of the, the flower beds and stuff all the way up to uh, tearing out some of the, those desks and things next door. We'll talk about all that at the end of the service tonight in the mis- Business meeting, but uh, that'll be this Saturday at 9 o'clock There's a sign-up sheet and it gives us an idea that way we can kind of put people Together in certain places doing certain jobs and, and keep it as organized as possible. There's a list of some things that's going to be done uh, You don't sign up on that sheet There's a sign-up sheet and we just want you to see some of the jobs that need to be done uh, We'll not get it all done this Saturday. There'll be a lot of things that uh, will take a little bit longer to do. We're mostly going to try to get as much of this tour out so that we can go back and we're going to have to do some repairs on some walls and things of that nature. And so uh, that sheet is out there on the board, so remember that. Also, the missionaries that we're praying for this week has been the Barnes family in Guam, the Wormley family in Kenya, the Newland family in Laos, uh, the Bassett family in Ira Coast, uh, the Lemon family in Korea. And so remember these missionaries uh, uh, as we remember them in prayer. All right. all
1: right. All right, let's all stand and look at the screens or turn your hymnals to 164. Praise Him, praise Him. <laughs>
0: Bible's with me and turn tonight to Revelation chapter 1. Revelation chapter 1. We're in a series that we have titled, The Power in That Name. Power in That Name. We're going to look tonight again at another name or title of Jesus Christ that declares some things for us, gives us understanding of our Savior, helps us to... There's some things that applies to our lives out of every name of Jesus Christ. It helps us to learn more about Him, but also strengthens us in knowing that He is our Savior. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word if you're able to the seated. Revelations chapter 1. We'll begin reading in verse 8. It says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. I, John, who was also... Who, Also I am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ was in the isles that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in the book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia Unto Ephesus, and unto Samaria, or Smyrna, I'm sorry, and unto Pergamos, and unto Thyatira, and Sardis, and unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed in a, with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. If you look back with me there in verse 8, it says, I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Jesus the Eternal. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening asking, Lord, that you would greatly deal with our hearts and draw us near to you. Lord, I pray that you give me clarity of thought, Lord, that I might present, Lord, the Word of God in such a way that each person has a complete understanding, a, a, a definitely a good understanding of the message, Lord, and, and it would draw us closer to you. Help us to see, Lord, even through this name of Alpha and Omega. Lord, the beginning and the ending, Lord, that we can have great truths as a promise. And Lord, we thank you for loveness. We pray, Lord, that you'd be with those who are unable to be with us, Lord, those who are struggling with health and other issues, Lord. Touch their hearts, touch their lives, Lord, and just be with them. Strengthen those who have been battling with illness. We pray, Lord, that you'd be with Brother Jim, Lord, and here tonight, but Lord, pray that you'd strengthen him and Jan and others, Lord, who are battling with health issues, Virginia and Different ones, Lord, watch over them, be with them, Lord. I pray now in Jesus' name, Amen. Be seated. Don't let me forget. We remember Sister Lucille, Mister Lucille. Uh, she's uh, she thinks they think she may have a blood clot in her leg and so forth. But to remember her in prayer and just ask, the Lord, to be with her. Anyway, we see here that uh, John hears Jesus declare Himself as the Alpha and Omega, the Alpha and Omega. Revelations 1 there in verse 10 says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega. Jesus is declaring here that He's the Alpha, He's the Omega. He goes on and He says, The first and the last. And what thou seest, write in book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters in the Greek alphabet. You say, well, okay, that's fine. Well, you let me just break it down a little bit here it would be like our alphabet saying A and Z if you say A to Z you're saying A and everything in between Z that's what you talk about A to Z okay and without that if we say okay you spell me a word or give me a word but you can't use anything from A to Z it would be impossible in our language to speak a word, to write a word, without A and Z and everything in between. Well, Jesus, because of the Greek, he's saying, I am Alpha and Omega. He's saying, I'm everything from the beginning until the end. Absolutely everything. And without anything, if, I was to, if I'm not here, then you have nothing. Absolutely nothing. He goes on and he's dealing here with the reference of the beginning and the ending, that he is the beginning, that he is the ending. And so we see this declaration of the eternal, unchanging God in his name. He's the eternal, unchanging God. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. What he's saying here, the emphasis is upon the beginning and the ending. The beginning and the ending refers to the eternity of the Son of God and His immutability, otherwise His un- unchangingness. He doesn't change. From the very beginning, He was. To the very ending, He is. He's, he, he always was, He always will be, is what He's saying. And what we've got to understand is, well, yeah, preacher, we understand. But it means something to you and me more than, than just, that, okay, He always was, always will be. Because with that, there's many things that are tied to it. In Hebrews chapter eight and verse, chapter 13, verse 8, it says, Jesus the same yesterday and today and forever. Because of his immobility, otherwise he doesn't change. He changes not. Because of that and because he always was, he always will be, and he is, he says, I will have never changed and i will never change he's unchanging well that's important to you and me uh, we need to understand the, how important that is you see since he's the beginning and he's the ending he encompasses all the time and eternity everything he has it within his hands he has it within his grasp he has it the knowledge of all things the past the present and the future you know, we're sitting here tonight, and we don't even know what's going to happen at 10 o'clock tonight. We don't know what's going to happen at, at seven, at, at, at 730, which is only about 10 minutes away. I mean, something could happen. We could have a heart attack. A, a, an atomic bomb could go off. Uh, the lights could go out. The lightning could strike. We don't know what's going to happen in 10 minutes. Jesus Christ knows everything from the beginning until the ending and everything in between. His knowledge is beyond our comprehension. Notice there it says, which is, which was, and which is to come. This means that His love is unchanging. Because He always was, because He is, and because He always will be, and because He's unchanging, He's the same yesterday, which goes back to the very beginning of His, uh, He always was. It means today he, uh, He is. And tomorrow he, he, he'll be the same. He doesn't change. And that means that his love is unchanging for you and me. You see, sometimes we think that maybe God gets angry with us and he don't love us. Well, the Bible says that, that he does uh, get angry with the wicked every day. And we think that, well, you know, uh, and, and he, he disciplines them. But he does it out of love. He does it because he loves us. His love does not change for you and me. You say, well, what if I get out of the will of God? What if I, what if I disobey Him? What if I go into sin and, and get my life in a mess? Do you understand that He still loves you the same? An unchanging love. Now, that doesn't mean that He won't discipline you. That doesn't mean that He won't work in your life to bring you back to Him. I mean, a, a good father or a good mother, they will discipline their children if they really love them to bring them into, into correction, to cause them to do what is right. That's love. I'm not talking about beating a child. I'm not talking about abusing a child. I'm talking about discipline to get them to act correctly, to do correctly, so that they turn out right. God does the same thing. It's love. That means that His love is unchanging for you and me. We find over in 1 John chapter 4, in verse, beginning in verse 8, says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. If God is love, if He is the essence of love, He cannot change. He cannot change. Uh, it goes on and says, in this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world that, he might, that we might live through Him. And it goes on, verse 10, it says, Herein is love, not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a propitiation for our sins. Otherwise, he said, My love is unchangeable. He said, My love will never change. He said, From the beginning of time out into eternity, he says, My love has never changed. Has never changed. Every one of us are changeable. You know, our love for this and that, it changes at times. Our love for people sometimes changes because of circumstances. But God's love has never changed and will never change. He's eternal. You see, this love's not based upon our goodness, it's not based on our abilities, but upon the eternal Savior who loves us unconditionally. Not only is His love unchanging, but that means that His mercy is unchanging. In Lamentations chapter three and verse twenty-two, it says, "It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. Otherwise, they never change; they're unchangeable. They are new every morning. Great is Thy faithfulness." You realize this more this evening that hey, listen, the mercy of God is unchanging. Why? Because He's eternal. He's eternal. His mercy was before the beginning of time. You see, this is something that that goes beyond our mind. Before He ever created this earth, before He ever created the universe, before He ever created the moon and the stars, in His ability, He knew that you'd be sitting here tonight. He knew that He would send His Son to Calvary. To die for you. He said, Preacher, I just don't, I can't grasp it. We can't. We can't grasp that. Because He is eternal. We live in a body that is finite. A body that's going to lay down and die and rot one of these days. But God is eternal. And so His mercies are unchanging. He's a merciful God. A merciful God. His forgiveness is unchanging. First John 1 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's unchanging. That is a promise of God. You look at that. The power, his power is unchanging. It's not that as 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 we go on that that his power gets weaker, or as people reject him, or as the world gets more wicked, that his power is any less. No, it's unchanging. He's still capable of doing everything that he has always done. His power is unchangeable. It's it's unbelievable. It's it's beyond our comprehension. But his power is unchangeable. You know, as we get older, we begin to lose our strength. Just the way the body is. As we maybe don't exercise or whatever it might be in our lives, or as we... Get ill or whatever, we lose some of our strength, and but not God. His power is unchanging. His promises are unchanging. You can go through the Word of God. Every promise in this book is unchanging. I, have, I, I do not see an addendum uh, for the Bible. I do not see anything where He has to put an addendum in here saying, Well, I've changed this and I've changed that, so this promise no longer exists. This promise no longer is for. For anybody, Uh, I'm done with that promise. I've fulfilled that promise so many times that that's enough. You got to move on to another promise. No, his promises are unchanging. Now, understand that there are requirements on those promises. There are requirements, and those don't change either. His word doesn't change. His word is unchanging. The word of God. This world today wants to change the word of God. They want to take out uh, uh, the, the 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 you might say the teeth out of the Bible because they don't like the conviction. They want the the word of God to be dumbed down. They want it, it to be weak and and so that it doesn't bring any conviction in their lives. But I'm going to tell you something. The Bible is still the same. It's eternal, like our Savior is, because Jesus Christ. The Bible says is the word. And so this word that we hold here. Is unchanging also because it's eternal. In fact, he told us in, over in the Psalms, Psalms 119 and verse 89, he said, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. It's eternal because Jesus Christ is Alpha Omega. He's unchanging. His salvation is unchanging. John six thirty says, All that the Father give me. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Otherwise, he's saying, you know what? I don't, I'm not picking and choosing. He said, those who come and receive me, he said, I will still save them today. Even though the world gets wicked and though the world gets vile, he said, I will still save those who will repent and come to me and receive me as Savior, who will call upon me and turn to me as Lord and Savior. He said, I will save them. You know, down through the, through the eons of time, you know, uh, people have tried all kinds of different things. Well, church membership or baptism or, or good works or, or uh, uh, doing this or doing that, whatever it is. But God says, no, he said, salvation is through my son, Jesus Christ. For by faith are you saved through, or th- for by grace are you saved through faith. He said, it's always been that way. And it always will be that way. You say, well, what about in the Old Testament? It was by faith. By faith. Well, if it was by faith in the Old Testament, what about the New Testament? By faith. What about after the rapture, after the church has gone out of here, what is it then? By faith. Salvation does not change. And it's eternal. Because Jesus Christ, the Alpha, the Omega, is eternal. The beginning and the ending. The first and the last, and that eternal and changing God means that we can trust Him. We can live for Him. We can walk with Him. We can know Him. We can serve Him. What if you went to work tomorrow, and say you've been working there for ten years, and everything's been going along fine, and all of a sudden they said, "Okay." Uh, I know that you've been doing this this way. Now I want you to do it this way. And so they bring somebody in. They train you to do this job this way that's completely different than the way you was doing it before. And so they start training you. You get that down and you're working away. No, the other way was better, but I'll do it this way. They want me to do it and everything. So you're doing it. Next week you come home and They say, okay, no longer are you going to do it this way. We want you to come over here. We've got a new trainer. He's going to train you to do it this way. You go over there and, they, and they're showing you how to do it. They say, man, the first way was the best way and that was even better than this but. I mean, they're the boss, I'm going to do it, and you're, you're working. The next week you come into work and all of a sudden they say, come on over here, we're going to we're gonna change that again. This is even so much better. And they put you over here and and you're trying to do the same job and this isn't as good as that and that's not as good as that and that's not as good as that. After a while, you, get, you almost don't even want to go to work on the next week because everything's always changing. What if they said, okay, we're going to here's what we're going to do. We're going to We're going to change your pay this week. And we're going to actually, we're going to not pay you as much, but then the next week we're going to give you a little bit more. And you're trying to figure this out. And then the next week they say, well, we we had to change that because that isn't really the way it's supposed to be working. And so what we're going to do is we're we're going to do this and then we're going to change this and so that you'll come out with this. And you're like, okay. So you come back the next week and they say, well, that really didn't work out either. And so we're going to change this so that we can do this. And we hate to tell you this, but, you know, uh, we can't give you what we told you we was going to give you in the beginning. We had to change that. So what we're hoping to do is at the end of the year, we're going to give you a bonus and give you all that that you didn't get to begin with. And they change it. Next week you come in, and they say, well, you know what, we've been putting it on pencil and paper. And they change it again. After a while, you wouldn't know what's going on. You know what? We serve an unchanging God. You hold in your lap an unchanging gospel, an unchanging Bible. The Word of God changes not. Jesus Christ changes not. He's eternal. Always was, is, and always will be the same. You know, when around somebody if and they're continually changing today they're happy tomorrow they're just they're ready to shoot you the next day they're they're just quiet and grumpy the next day they're something else and different person after a while you know what you don't even want to be around them because they're changing every day jesus christ not that way he's unchanging you know why I sin today, I can go to the Lord and I can claim 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. If I sin tomorrow, and I will, tomorrow I go to Him and claim the same verse. You want? Know he still honors that verse. The next day, I sin against the Lord. And I go to Him and I claim that verse and I ask for forgiveness of those sins. You know what? He still forgives me of my sin, because the Word of God is unchanging, because Jesus is unchanging, because He is Alpha Omega. He is from the beginning to the end, and everything in between. He is unchanging. He is eternal, and all that He does is eternal. That's why we've got to realize that your life and my life is about eternity. You're sitting here and you think that your life is only about maybe 60, 70, 80, 90. If you're real healthy, maybe 100 years. Guess what? It's not. It's about eternity. How do you know, preacher? Because we have an eternal Savior. And His whole plan was not just about now. His whole plan was about eternity. He said, I am the first... And I'm the last. And my friend, if we dwell within Him and He dwells within us, guess what? We have eternity with Him. He's unchanging. He's eternal. And that's why it is so important. We've got to understand that is why it's so important for you and I to look at things from an eternal perspective. Not about how we feel today. Not how... We think that things ought to just necessarily be today in our life. But we need to be looking at it from an eternal perspective. Why? Because the one that saved us is eternal. He deals in eternal life. He deals in eternal rewards. He deals in eternal home. He deals in eternal fellowship. He, 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 he deals in an, eternal, an eternity that we can't even fathom. And so we need to begin to look at things from an eternal perspective. He said, I'm Alpha. I'm Omega. I'm the beginning and I'm the end. And so we need to look at it from that standpoint. Look there in verse seventeen says, and when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he said, un, uh, and he laid his right hand upon me, and saying unto me, Fear not, I am first, the and I am the first and the last. Notice he said, fear not. You know why? Because there's a lot of fear in this world. He said, wait a minute, hang on a second. You're worried about what's going to happen in the end, aren't you? He said, don't fear. I'm the first. But I'll be there at the last he said you don't have to worry about me not being around I'm first and last verse 18 says I am he that liveth he says otherwise I'm alive right now isn't it good to know that your God's alive right now isn't it good to know that you serve a risen Savior isn't it good to know that he's alive and listen to your prayer hey isn't it good to know that we don't serve a rock or a tree or something that's going to die or 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 something like we'll serve a living Savior He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. He said, I died. He died for you and me. But what even makes it better is, and behold, I am alive forevermore. He says, I'm eternal. I'm eternal. I'm eternal. Then we see here the office of the eternal Christ and the Alpha and the Omega. I'd love to get into a lot of this about what John saw in, in, in his appearance, but we don't have time to do that tonight. Look with me in verse 12. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment. Now listen how he's listen to how he's he is arrayed here, how he's dressed here. He said, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and gird about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow. His eyes were as a flame of fire. Woo, And his feet like unto the fine brass. As if, they, as if they burned in, the, in a furnace. kind of a red, uh, a shiny uh, 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 brass that you see that is hot. goes on. And like I said, I'd like to talk about this, but I don't have time. See, we're on some fine brass as they burn in the furnace. And his voice is the sound of many waters. Have you ever been around a fall, a waterfall? And hear that waterfall. It's the sound of it. It's power. You can hear the power of it. It says that he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. And his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. And have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. We get a vision of the glorified Christ as we consider him in his office uh, as the great high priest here. What you're seeing here is the great high priest. You say, how do you know that? Because of the way he's dressed. We could go back over into Exodus. We go back in, into the Levitical laws. We could see how the high priest was to be dressed. And, and basically what you're finding here is you're finding Jesus Christ. in this. Uh, as John is looking upon him, how he is arrayed here is a picture of the great high priest. His garments are those of that high priest. These garments represent the inerrant righteousness of Christ. In him is no sin and that he knew no sin. Notice here, one thing here. Notice that the girdle is about the chest or the paps instead of the loin. Most of the time when you read about the, about the, the girdle, about being girded, it's about the loins around this area here. But here it is about the paps. The paps would be the chest. It is a picture of strength and authority when it is about the, the paps. And short is showing that he is mighty, that he is powerful, that he is, is has great strength. The emphasis is, is not of that of service as it would be gird about his, his loins, but of strength as it speaks of judgment and truth. He stands in the midst of the churches. He's judging the churches here. Remember there, notice the candlesticks. It talks about the candlesticks, the seven golden candlesticks. And as John turns around, look, here's someone standing. It is Jesus Christ. He's standing in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. that are around him. The candlesticks are the churches. Church of Laodicea, Church of Ephesus, Church in Pergamos, and on On goes the list of them. We read them all ago. He's talking about the churches, and by the way, they represent not only those churches of that day and time, they represent seven church ages, which we are in the last one, the Church of Laodicea, and which is, but you will find in each of the, of the church ages, you will find all seven churches in every church age. He's standing in the midst of them. Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, has three different ministries at, that present, this, at this present time. First of all, he's an intercessor. As he stands among these churches, among the, God's people, he's our great high priest. Remember how he is adorned, and he ever lives to make intercession for us—that eternal intercession for the church and for you and me. We find over in Hebrews seven twenty-five it says, "Wherefore he is able to also to save them to the uttermost." that come unto, him by, uh, come, uh, come unto God by Him, seeing He ever liveth to make intercession for them. So as He is standing eternal among the churches at this present time, He's making intercession. Making intercession for each church, making intercession for you and I. We are the church. Amen. We are the church. And so He intercedes for you and I before the Heavenly Father. He's the great high priest, and he goes to the heavenly Father for you and I. So he intercedes for us. Not only does he intercede, but he he is a, is the one of intervention. When we sin and we confess it to him for forgiveness, he intervenes on our behalf. You got to realize, hey, listen—that Satan comes and he and and he accuses us. We find that we hear that that uh, as as he does that. That uh, the that Jesus Christ as we go before Jesus Christ we 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 quoted First John one nine if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so he intervenes here's the here's Satan he comes to the to the heavenly Father he accuses us of our sin but we've done went to to Jesus Christ who is eternal who has the final say who stands there with authority girded about his uh, paps and so he has the authority he looks at the Father and he says it is under the blood and he intercedes for us and and he says it's under the blood no longer is that sin there it's been confessed it's gone forever and ever so he has the ministry of intercession he has the ministry of intervention first john one or first john chapter 2 verse 1 says my little children these things write unto you that you sin not And if any man sin, we have an advocate which is with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. But lastly, and the one that a lot of people on that ministry does not like, he has a ministry of inspection. A ministry of inspection. Notice there that he's among the lampstands. He proclaims his eternal power. He proclaims his eternal knowledge. He proclaims his eternal existence. and He is the one that inspects the lamps or the candlesticks. The candlesticks, again, the golden candlesticks are the churches. And he looks and he inspects. You know, if you ever watch a a candle or even a... An oil lamp, if the wick gets too tall, then all you get is a bunch of smoke and it doesn't burn as brightly. And so as he looks at the church, we're the church. As he looks at our lives, he inspects them. And if our lives are not shining as bright as it ought to be because He's of all authority and power He trims the wick. How does He trim it, preacher? Oh, there's a multitude of ways through the preaching of God's Word, through the reading of God's Word, through the Holy Spirit bringing conviction into your life. Then sometimes it has to be through difficulties and struggles and and problems and whatever it might be to get you to turn back to Him so that He can trim the wick to cause you to shine brighter than you ever had before. You say, well, preacher, what if, just throwing this out here, you know, as they say, asking for a friend. What if uh, the person doesn't turn back? What if that person doesn't, after a period of time, he's a patient God. But what if he doesn't, Then he takes the snuffer, you might say, and he puts that light out. Sometimes, it's a church known as a church. We're seeing them close all around us in America. We're seeing churches that have become nothing more than just gathering places. And there's really no light. What happened? He tried trimming for a while. But after a while, he snuffs it out. What about in our lives? It's not something that we like. But you've got to understand, he is looking at eternity. He's looking at that which will last because He's eternal. And so, therefore, He's trying to get every bit of light out of your life and my life as He possibly can. He's eternal. And He's not just thinking about today, but He does think about today. He's not just thinking about tomorrow. But he does think about tomorrow. But he looks at it in a full view. Have you ever taken your cell phone and, or a camera? You go down to the, to the mode down there that says panoramic or, panoramic or panorama. You take it. And I've done this especially when we was down in Tennessee where the mountains were. I was standing on a bridge down there and I hit that thing like that and you go around like this here You let off on it you look at the picture and you get a picture of all of it not just what you see standing here looking here or maybe at this angle or maybe at this angle you know used to when you took pictures Oh, get a, get a picture of that. 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 Well, wait a minute, you got to look at this. Now, was that over here? Was that over But with that panoramic view, you can look at all of it at once. Think of your life as God looks at your life as a panoramic picture. And he sees all of it from beginning to eternity at once and we're looking at a little bitty section right here he's eternal and that's why he tries to get us to think about eternity and that which will last forever we get so caught up on things here that really don't matter little things we get bent out of shape over little things when we ought to be thinking about the things and that which will last for eternity. He's eternal. He inspects. He deals. He's the authority. The Alpha Omega has the keys. Look here in verse 18. He said, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. Swinging at his side is the keys of hell and death. You see, this speaks of his eternal authority over death and hell. He has the keys. He's eternal. See so what you mean what does that mean for me? I'm saved. What does it mean for me, preacher? You're not going to hell if you know him as your Savior. Amen. Well, 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 well but, but, but I, nope, he says, I got the keys. And I'm not going to unlock it. You're here with me for eternity. Well, what about death? He said, I got that one, too. He says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. He said, I just unlocked death and you came right out. He said, you will be with me because I am eternal throughout all eternity. He says, I have the keys. You see, if Satan had the keys we would have no hope. But Satan also will be cast in the lake of fire, and the key of death and hell will be turned, and he will never, ever, throughout all eternity, get out. But here's the sad part. Once that key is turned, once a person is cast in the lake of fire because they've refused to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior, once that key is turned, there is no second chance. Because He is eternal, that key becomes eternal. Because we've been set free from death and hell, that key is eternal you can't lose it it's not yours why preacher? because he holds the key he holds the key he's eternal because he holds the key eternally we can live without any fear of death or hell he holds these because he was dead he died for you and me And he is now alive and is alive forevermore. Jesus Christ, the eternal. The Alpha and Omega. The eternal Christ which saved my soul. He's eternal. As we look at his name as Alpha Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the ending, realize that our lives should be about eternity because His is. Let's bow. Father, we thank You for loving us. Lord, I pray that You'd be with us now. Speak to our hearts. Help us to take a look, an outlook of our lives as it being that which is eternal also. Help us, Lord, to be awed by an unchanging Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he is eternal, always was, is, and always will be. Lord, how we can trust him because he's unchanging. All that is about him, his mercy, his salvation, his word, his blessings, his promises, they're unchanging. We thank you and we praise you. May we glorify you, may we focus upon the eternal while we live here in the earthly. Have your will way in our lives, Lord, strengthen us and guide us. I pray in Jesus name. Amen. We we'll stand